Before we get started, we just want to let you know about a few ways you can support our Grassroots Indie show. You can follow us on social media at No Bad Reviews Pod. We'd love it if you could go to your favorite podcasting app and rate us and review us. Also, please tell a friend about our podcast. And last, you can financially support us on patreon.com slash nobadreviews, buymeacoffee.com slash nobadreviewspod, and you can buy merch at our website, nobadreviewspodcast.com. Thank you, and enjoy this episode. Welcome to No Bad Reviews, colon, a coffee podcast. This is a podcast where three friends, co-workers, and coffee industry professionals get together every other week and tell you something about coffee. I'm Jenny, and I run the operations at a coffee company. Hey, this is Marcus. <laughs> you talking to me? Talking to you. <laughs> Did I just... Sorry. Can we do that again? I feel like I just, like... No. I just fucking... Totally uh, just, I'm not doing it again. Really, you're going to do that, weren't you? No, no. No? I thought that was great. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Ready? I'm Stephanie. Hi. I'm the employee of the month at Modest Coffee. Did anyone else mention the coffee company? No, I was trying to be mysterious today. We're huge right now. We're going to be huge in New York. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's true. true, actually. Yeah. Available We're, in Brooklyn. Your, your phone just went <laughs> off, Marcus. In case anyone in Brooklyn can't get a cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah we uh yeah we're in the process of getting into our east coast expansion Woohoo! we've expanded in the midwest and now we are expanding to the east coast we're coming for you by way of ohio and brooklyn <laughs> <laughs> ohio and brooklyn yeah no, nothing in between <laughs> straight from the heart there right in uh-huh uh-huh right in <laughs> <laughs> so if you are listener, dear listener, have a local grocery store that you love, actually send us in. Tell us where you want us to be because we're going to go. We'll go there. We're working on it. So Steph went to Brooklyn and we went to Brooklyn. You didn't actually go to Brooklyn, right? To Brooklyn. You stayed in Manhattan. And, and Queens. In Queens. Yeah. Ooh. Well, yeah. we're going to be well, in one store in Queens too. Yeah, that's true. We're already there. What's the name of that store we're in? Met Fresh. Oh, yeah. Hey, if you live in New York... Go to Met Fresh. <laughs> yeah, find up? us. And if you don't find us, ask the store manager why they don't have us, and then they'll carry us, because we started out with just a few of them. Yeah. Yeah. Brooklyn is a real coffee hub. I kind of, um, I really wanted, like, a roaster in the neighborhood that we stayed in, and it was like, no, nobody's roasting anywhere but Brooklyn. Oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> really? I don't know why. I don't no, know why. Shit. Brooklyn's... Super cool with the coffee roasters. Yeah, maybe it's a little that's, more industrial. That's kind of like the West Loop in Chicago too. Mm. Like a, everybody in Chicago roasts in the same neighborhood, for the most part. It's true. Like yeah, the little industrial parts of town. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because you can't have coffee roasting just anywhere. I mean, you could, but like then you'd have to invest in a lot more equipment and stuff like that. That's so true. They don't really prefer that manufacturing yeah. in residential neighborhoods, and I don't. And I don't actually know what Manhattan or Queens are like versus Brooklyn. Um, I don't understand how anyone gets anything delivered 
in Manhattan. Like I'm trying to imagine like unloading a few pallets of green coffee. Oh yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I don't know how. Like oh god, it's so crazy there. The you know the Amazon delivery guys are all on bikes or on carts. They like unload the truck for like the whole block, and like a bunch of people get out of the truck with their little carts and they're like running up and down huh. the block doing all the deliveries. That's so funny. But I just, every time I saw bike, they use like the same big Rubbermaid type containers that we use for coffee, like the big ones. Yeah. And so every time I saw like a guy on a bike loaded up with a bunch of those bins, I just couldn't help but picture Jenny. <laughs> like if we were in New York, this is how you'd have to deliver all your coffee. Like on a bike with a giant trailer loaded with bins imagine you know what the I, fucking calf muscles you'd have you know what one i would have an electric bike <laughs> <laughs> two i would just ship ups why are we talking about new york because steph just went to new york and just brought a coffee we had a super fun family vacation and obviously i was in search of a coffee to bring back and a coffee flavored chocolate to bring back too so stay Ooh. tuned for the love it or leave it Woo-hoo. bonus episode Damn. for that one i'm excited i'm about excited that about too. that too i think let's just like jump into the company uh-huh. let's just jump into the coffee company the owners are from malaysia so i'm going to talk about malaysia a tiny bit yeah because i think it's there are reasons why they're here. So we were, I just feel so fortunate that we got to take this trip. It was very cool. It was like our first big family vacation to someplace besides like Wisconsin or whatever. So it was very cool. I hadn't been to New York in like a couple of decades. And, um, you know, the old neighborhoods that I liked are different now. Mm-hmm. Fancy. Mm. Um, but we stayed in the East Village, which is, I don't want to say it's not gentrified because we went for like a, we went for like a happy hour bar crawl to all the oyster bars. So like it's obviously somewhat gentrified. <laughs> okay. But it's not like it's still a little like uh I don't know, grungy or whatever. It's not it's not all fancy. It's not fancy. Like a little rough around the edges yeah, still. Yeah, yeah. So um, you can still find like some squatters and some anarchists and some punks and all that kind of stuff. It's okay. a really great neighborhood. So I was given a list of coffee places to check out by that guy. What's his name? Kevin? Uh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, but none of them, I never ended up anywhere near any of them. Oh, okay. Um, and I, I was not taking like a special trip to Brooklyn to go to a coffee shop. So um, <laughs> that's like another trip. I'd love to do a trip. Is it hard to get to Brooklyn though? Um, Isn't it like five minutes away? Like it, right across a body of water? It is hard. <laughs> a small body of water, like a river. It is hard to convince the group to travel to Brooklyn so that you can get a cappuccino, basically. <laughs> like, oh, I see. It wasn't just a... Ma- like, I would love to do a trip to New York where we just, like, travel around and try coffee, but that was not, you know, you have to keep everyone's interest in mind. <laughs> I would say, like, what we... For example, when we went to New Orleans, our goal every day was to try a different beignet place. Oh, awesome. So we we just kind of researched and found good beignet places in different parts of the city. And, like, we went out to, like, the Garden District. And we went over here. And we went over there. Okay, but you see why kids so could would kinda... be more interested in finding beignets yeah, I guess. than they might be in finding coffee beans. Yeah, I guess. Our kids would be interested in the coffee adventure. But uh, I guess uh. your kids are not the same. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. You know, and it's it's not like you have to travel very far for good coffee. 
So yeah, I mean, uh, I did walk right past that one place that we did an episode on Colombo. I want to say Col- Colombo. La Col. La Colombo. That's La Col- what it is. Yeah, but they're like a chain. They got locations everywhere. Everywhere. That's why we walked by one. They were in a Pennsylvania-based yes. like, company originally, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So we ended up loving the East Village so much that I was determined to find a coffee in the East Village roasted by the company that was there. Yeah. So technically this was roasted in Queens because they have a few different locations and their roastery is in Queens, but their original location is in the East Village. I bought this coffee in the East Village. Okay. It's Coffee Project New York. And I chose this particular coffee because it seemed like something Marcus would like. Yeah, I think I've heard of them actually. It's a dynamic cherry 39 reserved from Panama. Um, I tried to look up the farm. Amazing. It's called like Star Farm. Okay. In Spanish. Do you know how many farms have that same name? Yeah. (laughs) What's star in Spanish? Estrella. Estrella? Mm -hmm. Okay. So Finca Estrella or something like that? Yes. Yeah. Finca. I couldn't remember that. Yes. This is an anaerobic 98-hour process. Oh, amazing. So I thought you'd like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's why I chose this one. So Um, for those of you that don't know about anaerobic process, um, that's where they harvest the beans, and then they ferment them for 96 hours, and then they break them out, um, usually through mechanical separation. Break it out of the cherry. Yeah, out of the fruit. Right. And and coffee is like a really hard, you know, kind of dense fruit, too, so it's got to be extracted out, so... You look a little bit excited. I'm I excited am. to try I'm this coffee. Pretty excited. Too. Before we get started on the coffee, can you talk about your outfit today? <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to know more about your mermaid pants and what your shirt means, R B N Y. So my mermaid pants came from the Buffalo Exchange, can which I? my teenager discovered while we were in New York. I just need to say that you're wearing these pants. They have mermaid scallops, but they're also shiny mm-hmm. leggings, bell bottoms. <laughs> Um, very share esque. Thank you. I are know. they are they That's comfortable? You. They're extremely comfortable. They make that her makes butt- it a W. <laughs> and they make her butt look really cute. Aw, thanks, Jenny. Thanks Not trying noticing. to objectifying you, but your butt looks nice as a mermaid. Aw, thank you. Nice mermaid butt. Um, we were supposed to go to the mermaid parade in Coney Island while we were there. Would have been perfect. And I bought the pants. Speci- I was like, should I buy a pair of? Like, where am I going to wear these? But I had the perfect place to wear them. Yes. And then we didn't go to the mermaid parade because Jason looked it up and was like, this review says it's as crowded as Times Square on New Year's. Are we sure this is something we want to do? It's amazing. All right. (laughs) We didn't. (laughs) Avoid the crowds. That's good. Yes. But I am wearing the pants. Uh, I saw some pictures. It was a pretty racy parade. It's like an art parade. It was oh. like, uh, yeah, not safe for work parade pictures. I was like, man, this would have been really cool. should have gone, yeah. <laughs> should have gone. Yeah. The pictures made me sad. <laughs> what about your shirt? And yeah, so this I bought in Rockaway Beach. Ah. RBNY, Rockaway Beach, New okay. York. And it is in the CBGB's font. Ah. It's a whole punk rock Ramones. Mm-hmm. Apparently mm. Rockaway has a tight connection to the punk rock scene. Mm-hmm. Through Back CBGB's? In the day, Is that, was in the that 70s? in Rockaway Beach? No, that's actually on the Lower East Side. So oh, okay. it was. Yeah. That still existed the last time I was in New York. Yeah. It does not now. Ooh. It's like a fancy men's clothing store now. Wow. Yeah. Sad. That is sad. I mean, yes, it's sad, but on the other hand, there's people like who can support it. 
financially, That's true. right? Yeah. No. You yeah. think back to like the 1900s, like everything was probably like very grungy and dirty. I now, like things get nicer, maybe. Cause New York's losing its edge. I'm just, I'm just trying <sighs> to think of a. That. I'm trying to put a positive spin on. <laughs> I'm sad about it losing its edge. Yeah. Although I'm glad that it's not the total shithole that it was. 50 Do you know years where ago. the cutting edge is? No. Right here, Aurora, <laughs> Illinois. <laughs> It's the epicenter of everything. Uh, we're so lucky to in be corn, here. Yeah. In corn-related products. <laughs> we still have to try some corn. We got a coffee. lot. Yeah, there's a lot in Aurora, as I've learned just yesterday. Um, while we're talking about Rockaway Beach briefly, which is the other place we stayed in New York, there was a place called the Rockaway Roastery, and I was really excited oh, yeah. to get, because Rockaway is, like, pretty small, um, and kind of strange but in a good way and i was surprised that there was a roastery right in the middle of the little downtown but then it turned out that they were selling Stumptown coffee wow how do you get away with that well you you know you you go to the east coast and you want to get west coast coffee that's you know they do have a Stumptown roastery in brooklyn that coffee was roasted in brooklyn Mm. oh that's a local company then yeah i was just gonna say just a little (laughs) local company owned by jab Holdings. (laughs) Just a little local roastery yeah. owned by a global conglomerate of ex-Nazis. Yeah. Former. Fine. Yeah. Fine. Reformed. Reformed. Yeah. Reformed yeah. Nazis. That Reformed sounds Nazis. much better. Yeah. yeah. You know. That Stemptown coffee way. roastery has a direct lineage straight to... Let's not. Because I'd love to get bought out by the them one day. Yeah. That would be great. Let's be a little more nice. Do I have to be the only... Like no bad no reviews. bad reviews in the room, please. <laughs> no bad reviews, please. Thank you. No okay. bad reviews of Jab Holding. We'll take yeah. your money. Come on. I would not. I would not. You okay? Well, well. No bad reviews. Let's bring it back to Coffee Project New York. Okay, yay, yay. On the bottom of the bag, it says roasted on June fifth. Yes. Best after two weeks. Oh. Okay. Have you ever seen that on a bag before? All right. Yeah. So I have. And I've had, or there's a lot of debate amongst the, like the coffee brewing intellectuals, if you want to call them that, right? Because everybody (laughs) has an opinion on extraction, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. so the idea behind giving it two weeks, Mm -hmm. some people say 10 days, some people say eight days, some people say three days, right? Um, The idea is to give it a chance to off-gas, any of the carbon dioxide left in the beans so that you the water, when it starts to extract the solids, mm-hmm. the TDS, or the total dissolvable solids from the beans, there's no gas to interfere with that process. Okay. That's the idea okay. behind it. So we're about a month out as of this recording. So is it going to be acceptable? Well, I'm going to give you my hot take on this is that I love coffee at every stage, like <laughs> right out of the roaster, like a day after. I love how it develops. Um, so, yes, this is great. Okay. We're good. We're good. Okay. I mean, I think like it's a, it's a matter of preference. You know, it's like coffee's not going to be bad the day of roasting or whatever. Yeah. It I mean, I've noticed that like. better. Like there is that flavor development, but you know what? It's like. Don't tell people how to drink their coffee. I guess that's like my... I'm not going to tell you how to drink your coffee. Drink it however you want. I noticed on my brewer, if I brew a gallon of it, right, if it's like right after it's been roasted, the 
it'll like foam and make a huge mess, mm. right? And so there's some like benefit to letting it off gas completely. Gotcha. Yeah. But, you know, I just like, I like the way coffee tastes. <laughs> so just try it. Break some rules. All right. Let's, let's really dive in. Um, coffee Project New York um, started in 2015 with this little coffee shop in the East Village. 400 square feet. Wow. Tiny, tiny, tiny. Probably got um, hot as fuck in there. <laughs> they weren't roasting there. They started out as just a coffee shop, but still hot as fuck. You're right. Um, so it's a lesbian couple that owns the coffee shop, and they are from Malaysia. And they're pretty young. I couldn't find dates. They look young. But Were they there? Inter- Did you no. Okay. <laughs> no. Okay. They hang <laughs> out in the Long Island um, location mostly because that is where they have a lot of shit going on. Okay. Um, but like, they look like they're maybe in their 30s or 40s. They're not older than 40s. When was it founded? 2015. Okay. Wow, that's very recent. Okay. Um, yeah. So the owners are, oh gosh, I wanted to look up how to pronounce everything. Chi Sum Nagai and Kalina... Tio, gosh, sorry if I totally mispronounced those. Um, some is, um, she started out in IT and Kalina started out, she was like a speech pathologist working for a not-for-profit and they both were just like really burnt out and decided they wanted to like work together and do something fun and like, wouldn't it be fun to open a coffee shop? Like one of those, of one course. of those ideas. Because that is the solution to burnout is to work 100 hours a week. Yes. And make no money. It's exactly what ended up happening. Yeah. I don't. Yes. So many people need to be a little more real about <laughs> entrepreneurship. Like, no, fucking keep your good job. You're going to get yeah. burned out way Just, faster, man. No, yeah. Like, some people call it, I'm all for quiet quitting. Like... Just slow down a little bit. Just <laughs> just slow down a little bit. You fucking millennial. Fuck. Like, if you want an opportunity to make as much money as you want, get yeah. into sales. This you, is not it. You don't have to be the best. You just have to be better than the worst. Like, <laughs> not well, much better. I'm glad they didn't Shoot follow the your middle. advice. Because they're doing okay. They're doing okay. <laughs> so they actually... Um, they did not come to the U.S. together. Some and Kalina. They did meet in Malaysia... Um, when they were, I think, teenagers. Wow. Mm. And they were with this UNICEF program where they were, like, mentoring younger kids from, like, bad neighborhoods or bad school districts or whatever. In Malaysia. In Malaysia. Mm. Oh, shit. And so they describe it as sort of like a big brother, big sister type program. And they were both volunteering for that. And um, I guess we're just kind of acquaintances when they knew each other in Malaysia. Mm. And then they both ended up moving to New York City separately in their 20s. Please tell um, me they bumped into each other yeah, on the street I don't, and, like, found each other again. It, it was one of those things that they sort of, like, reconnected. They were not, like, still in touch. Okay. Maybe it was, like, well, you uh, know, okay. I saw on Facebook that you moved yeah. to New York. We should get coffee. I don't know what it was. Right, right, I don't right. know how they started hanging out. Okay. But then they ended up just being friends. And then they were roommates. And then they, f- like, how long does it take you guys to finally hook up? But now they're married. Uh, about 14 days. <laughs> Who? Me and Marcus? No, I mean these two. Oh, like those your two. roommates? Yeah. Yeah. Right. One thing leads to the next pretty quickly. Right. When you're I living guess. together. Right. So, um, I don't know. I looked up Malaysia because I can't avoid a rabbit hole. 
<laughs> and I was curious about coffee culture in Malaysia. And I was, I mean, Malaysia is pretty much surrounded by Indonesia. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. there should be coffee there. Sure. And there is a lot of coffee there, but none of it is Arabica. Yeah, I was just about to ask wow. if it was Robusta. Very little of it is Robusta, like oh. 5 to 10%. 90 to 95% of it is Liberica. Yeah. Oh, wasn't That's that the third one? Weren't we talking about that when we did the dollar store episode? Yeah. Uh, with yeah. The love it or leave it for the dollar store coffee? Although I... Go There's ahead. a fourth kind. There's a There's fourth, a fourth variety a fourth? that's called Excelsior or something like oh, okay. that. Maybe that's the one so I was thinking one, of. Yeah, one of them you said is like more like a tree. I don't think that's the Liberica. Oh, okay. Um, I think the Liberica is very close to the Robusta in... I've heard it's like sweeter. Okay, so... Here's... Teach us something today, Steph, because I am becoming fascinated. And they have like a tail on them, the bean? The bean has a tail? (laughs) I feel like, you know what, I'm just going to have to Google this. Here is how the flavor of the beans has been described. Unusual flavor. Unique. Controversial. Oh. Mm. Polarizing. Woody. Burnt garbage. <laughs> so the words I read. So not everyone loves this coffee. That safe sounds, to say. That sounds like the dollar store coffee that we had. Um, <laughs> Potentially. But I, I heard somebody say it was slightly sweet. So I, that was not described as your, on your list. So Okay. So can you explain this? In Malaysia, these coffee beans are roasted with butter and sugar. Oh. Have you ever heard of this? I have. Oh. How, like, in the roaster, in a pan, mm-hmm. what? Yeah, and then it becomes this, like, solid mass of, like, coffee and butter and sugar, and then they break it up. Really? Yeah, and then they pour water, and it, like, melts, and it's, yeah, it's a really cheap way of doing processing and roasting how is coffee. That, how is that cheaper than just putting it into a drum roaster? You're adding, like, sugar and butter, which are both expensive. I'm imagining a whirly pop style. Yeah, but you don't need – you just add, add water, and you have, like, a drink. Like, you don't need any equipment afterwards to, like, have a tasty beverage. It's, like – because it's salty and it's sweet, I guess. I don't know. I don't know the whole science behind it. My understanding is that it's a really cheap way to consume coffee. So they cooking. So wait, after it's been roasted, you're saying they add it, the sugar and the butter. They're not roasting no, it together, and, and it becomes this like brittle. So they take really the green. Black. Yeah, they take the green. No, oh, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I thought it was roasted first, and then, but they roast it all together. Maybe they roast it all together. Roasted with butter and sugar. Green is what okay. I read. Yeah, I'm gonna imagine it's probably something like a whirly pop. So you can be kind of agitating it, but it has a large opening to come out. And I can't imagine end. that going maybe in a drum roaster. Roast. Because at the end of a roast. Oh, no, yeah. It's definitely like a... It can't be a drum It's a big roaster. whirly thing, like yeah. um, almost like a... Cotton candy. Cotton candy. <laughs> That's what it looks like. Because you got to be able to clean it. That's going to be sticky right, and messy. Right. Yeah. You can't That's really... what I couldn't figure out. Oh, no, no, no. Wait, the video I saw was a pan. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It was all cooked in a pan together over a fire. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That makes sense. So it seems like Malaysian coffee is served similarly to like a Robusta Vietnamese coffee with just like a shit ton of sweetened condensed milk Mm -hmm. because it's very dark and bitter. It's candied coffee. That's what it is. Basically, yes. And it sounds interesting. No bad reviews. I would try it. Did you bring us some true Malaysian coffee? I didn't. And what I, they don't really export it. 
there's not really enough of Liberica coffee to export. I don't know if I mentioned this. The reason they're not growing um, the Arabica is just the... um, Elevation? Elevation. (laughs) Height? I know. I see stuff like... (laughs) Taller. Um, So, yeah, I guess it's not like an export business at Uh all. But um, the Philippines is very close to Malaysia. And what I read was like, go to a Philippine grocery store, Mm. like find the Filipino expat neighborhood near you and go to their grocery store and get some. So another episode. Let's definitely see if we can get our hands on some of this. Okay. I'm just going to Google Filipino grocery store. (laughs) Be ready. So yeah. Um, that's what coffee is like in Malaysia. And apparently, I think it was um, Sam who was saying she started drinking coffee when she was five years old. Mm-hmm. It's just like a... I mean, of course you do because it's full of sweetened condensed milk. Yeah. Of course that tastes good to a little right. kid and little kids are drinking it. Right? It's like a local product. It's like wine in Italy, right? You just grow up drinking yeah. wine and water or whatever. Yeah. Right. yeah. I'll interject for one moment. There's a uh, Filipino grocery store like five minutes from here. Oh, Great. Shit. Let's Stay go. Stay well, tuned. I guess 15 minutes in traffic. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. We'll, we'll have go. to do this. Yeah. So um, the other thing I was curious about in Malaysia was gay rights. Hmm. Because these are two lesbian women who both independently made the decision to come here. And I wondered if that was related to the situation in Malaysia. And hmm. I would suspect that it was, in fact, related. Oh. It is a shit show over there if you're LGBTQ. They were both from Malaysia. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. I hope that they don't regret that decision here in the new, near future. <laughs> I don't think we're moving to Sharia law, so we'll be fine. Are you sure? Oh, okay. It's like a... It's a uh... Like a it's, Islamic predominantly. It's a, yes. Okay. Yes. It is the official state religion is oh. Islam. Okay. So. Um, I believe that there's some people in this country who believe some uh, yeah. believe some Sharia style law would be perfectly fine. But, but they, the mostly Jesus mostly yeah. in the state of Florida, but you know. Oh, Tennessee. Tennessee too. I don't know. Should we just throw out states? We could probably hit at least twenty six. You know, <laughs> I don't know if that's true, because. You know, and there's like a lot of, there's a lot of people in the middle. It's good Christian you know? values, though. Like, we just got to do you. what the Bible tells us to. Here's the difference between like fucked up places in the U.S. and Malaysia. It's just like what the state has to say about it. Like, nobody is going to prison for being gay here, yeah. even in Tennessee. There's no separation between church and state over right. there, right? There is certainly not. There is yeah. especially not. Right. Yeah. Um, it's like the so Sharia law wondering- is the law. But what about like, uh, say, like the drag show laws and things like that? Can you go to jail or is it just fines? Isn't I just read an article that was being contested right now? I mean, um, it's got the to Supreme Court. be, yeah. Like, I, I mean, think that may take the a while, Florida Supreme but... Court like struck it down. My, my, I just read some progress, something happened, or was like, eh, not so fast. I mean, you just can't make a law saying what people are allowed to wear in the u.s like what the fuck i yeah. mean that's like some basic first amendment shit right i think it's i think well it's this is what we hope right something. i'm not sure but we're kind of veering off are I mean, we i mean maybe i don't know should we look I it thought up we were supposed to veer off you know i thought this was the veer like, off episode. this is we're really veering off a lot okay <laughs> all right um in malaysia uh sodomy is illegal including like any form of oral sex mm. Whoa. like even between like a hetero married couple hmm. unacceptable really? yes mm. punishable by 
Death. No. Castration. Uh, fines. Caning. Pu- they still do public caning. Ooh. And then up to 20 years in prison. Wow. wow. Yeah. So um, they're actually trying to get rid of their um, death penalty there. Hmm. So in some ways, much more advanced than the U.S. Yeah. There are nine different political parties wow. in Malaysia, and all of them have an anti-LGBTQ stance. They've all agreed. And then um, also, like, depending on your religion. So 65% of the population is Islamic, and all of the the government there is kind of weird. It's like a bunch of different kingdoms that, like, came together mm. to form a country in, like, the 50s. Oh. So oh, that's when, that's literally the 50s, like, after World War II is when the whole world went to shit because that's when colonialism, everybody was like, oh, we're going to start minding our own business. You right. guys figure it out now that we fucked you up. Huh. Malaysia had been through, like, a whole series of colonizing, mm-hmm. like, first Portugal, then the Dutch. And of course, the British mm-hmm. during World War II, Japan came in. Mm-hmm. They were there for a few years. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a lot of different. There's a lot of like ethnic Chinese, ethnic Indians. Like um, it's a real. It's a mixed bag. It's a big mixed bag. And you'd think that cultural diversity would lead to more acceptance. Of no, because you get the ruling elite. Yeah. Yeah. So it's weird. It's like they have like a prime minister and a congress. But they also have a king who's the head of state. And there's like 13 different states, and they each have a governor and they each have a king. And when it's time to elect someone, the prime minister and the king are elected from this group of 13 governors and kings. Like, you're not voting for like just anyone, you're voting for one of these guys. Mm. It's really, I've never heard of like an elected king though. That's really. Interesting. But when their term is over, they just go back to ruling their state. Oh, hmm. Does that okay. make sense? So it's complicated and fascinating. Yeah. Game we of Thrones over there. Any further. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but so if you're if you're Muslim and you get arrested for like a homosexual act, then you go through this whole process of like going to court and getting caned and getting a prison sentence. But then, like, if you're, like, Christian or whatever, then you're, like, that's the end. Then you serve your prison term and you're done. But if you're Muslim, then it's, like, oh, wait, let's uh, – we also have your Sharia punishment. Like, oh. <laughs> and then you have to go through a whole other thing. Oh. It's fucking crazy, man. That's pretty oh. wild. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Women's rights over there also, you know, I would take issue with some of yeah. what's going on there, right. obviously. You know, right? If you've got sure. like a religious, religious laws, you're going to end up with some. Misogyny. They're allowed to say what you wear over there. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's the law. <laughs> also, Malaysia, where are you hiding your plane? Oh, I did not look into that at all. Um, where is it? <laughs> I don't know. I heard that they found UFOs though recently. Oh. In Malaysia? Mm, possibly. Everywhere. Oh. In the universe. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, they're just unidentified objects. Bringing it back to New York. Yeah, that's Malaysia. So I don't know. I was just curious. Maybe you would be too. Plus, I don't have a ton to say about this company. But it's a great company. It's great. Okay. So um, I am very, yeah, Malaysia. Yeah. Malaysia. (laughs) Right. All right. So history of Malaysia is 40 years old. They're still figuring it out. There you go. All right. There you go. Still working on it. Um, Okay. So. 
Kalina and Sum decide they're going to open this coffee company, 2015. It's just a cafe. And their whole deal is like, um, you know, I wandered the East Village looking for these coffee beans. Like, it's not that there aren't other coffee shops there, but like specialty coffee in the East Village in 2015, like they probably were like the first ones. Oh. Um, because the East Village is still, you know... It's got some edge. Yes. That's the edge. Yes, yes. So um, they really wanted like a, a warm like gathering place. It's funny that they ended up in 400 square feet when what they really wanted was like a community space. Sure. And they have rules about when and where you can use your laptop in their coffee shops because mm. they don't want a bunch of people not talking to each other mm. on their laptops. Mm-hmm. They really want like a, you know, sense of community there. They don't mm. want it to be like a library meeting room. Right. Where right. people just like mm. go and occupy a room or whatever. She said she wanted it to be like a bar. Yeah. She wanted people to be like hanging out, chit-chatting, having fun. Probably like blasting some music would help keep people like from working. If there's like loud music <laughs> like a bar, you know? Maybe. Unless Dim the like lights a... quite a bit. But then you can't That'd talk to annoying. each other. They're not going for a nightclub. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah. And if you're a computer programmer, like you just got headphones in and you're working on your computer all day. Make it dark in there, gloomy. (laughs) Yeah. Like board up the windows. Uh, I mean, you know, take it. Yeah. Don't give anybody power outlets. Ah, that's going to get no Wi Fi. No Wi Fi. Kill the Wi Fi. Yeah. (laughs) That's probably what they have to do. That would be funny. I mean, it's the dark hour. I'm sorry. We have no Wi Fi. So they opened in 2015, and they it was, like, their own money. They, like, had whatever savings they had and put it all into this tiny little cafe. And it was successful, but it was successful because they were there seven days a week, right? It was, like, three months before they could hire their first employee. Um, and they talk about – I listened to a podcast. I'll have to find it so I can share the name. Um, they talk about how – devastated they were when their first employee quit because the it was like a barista who was quitting to like go work somewhere where there were was room for advancement mm-hmm. you know like if all we have is a 400 square foot coffee shop then we're never going to be able to offer anyone anything more you yeah. know what i mean like you can work here for two or three years while you're going to school and make a little money, but you can't have a career here mm. unless we give you our job, right? So that was part of what made them want to grow and open up new locations. They mm. wanted to create an environment where they could, um, you know, have like a whole a whole list of things that people could do. Mm. They saw that like the baristas they were hiring wanted to do competitions and they wanted to learn more and they wanted to teach more. And so this is how they ended up, first of all, opening up like three or four more cafes over the next three or four years. Wow. And um, I think they had four by 2019. Did they get funding? How did they do all this? 2020. This is really interesting. They they Because the first location was successful, they could afford to open a six, second location in Brooklyn. Mm. And then for their third location, which I think is also in Brooklyn, they had a lot of friends and family investing nice. in it. And then for their fourth location, which is in Chelsea, which is 2020, so I guess five years to get to the fourth location, um, they had a customer who wanted them to open a location amazing more convenient 
hmm. in their house. That's so funny. So the, they had this customer who was like a huge investor, like basically a partner. So they got the lease on the Chelsea space, which that's a fancy neighborhood and that's an expensive lease. And then that was COVID. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They couldn't get out of the lease. Ooh. So they ended up like doing a some kind of to-go situation and making it work. But Look, that person Ooh. who wanted them to open, that was their responsibility. <laughs> that was their idea. They're the ones who got to make that place work financially. Uh, they talk a lot about how incredibly difficult it was during COVID because then suddenly they had all these different locations and what are they going to do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am not sure. I think that in 2019 also they got this Long Island location, which is which is Queens, and this is where they have their roastery and this is where they have their teaching facility because mm. Coffee Project New York is the only – SCA certified training center hmm. in New York City. Oh, that's Hot damn. Cool. Good for them. Yeah. yeah. So that was a big deal. They said that um, they had to go to Florida to get trained mm-hmm. SCA certified. Hmm. Oh, shit. And they were like, what the fuck? Hmm. How come I have to go to the West Coast or Florida when I live in New York City? Why is there not a fucking training program here? Yeah. Um, they were saying that the coffee on the West Coast is so good because everyone who's roasting it and brewing it is so well-trained. Whereas in New York, you just learned how to do this at whatever shop you were working in. Mm-hmm. So there was like a big discrepancy in how oh, good yeah. or bad or what, like you just right. kind of didn't know what you were going to get. So they really wanted to have a space where they could train New Yorkers to do this wow. in New York. So okay. that's the Long Island location. Um, so this gave them a way to provide some growth. You know what I mean? Now oh. people could roast coffee. Now people can teach. Now people can learn how to do different things. So that was like really important and exciting to them. They said their profits are like 40% of their profits, and I could not find their Profits. Mm. I really wanted to know how much money these people are, like their yearly revenue, but I couldn't find it. Um, they said like 40% of the profit comes from cafes, 30% is roasting and wholesale, but they're in like other cafes. They're not in mm-hmm. grocery stores. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Is this pretty common? 20% education, 10% consulting and events. Consulting and events. You mm. should get into that. Mm. I mean, you know, I'm into, into consulting. I'll do that. Sure. um some really wanted to do like espresso flights i watched this video of the two of them like here's how to make every kind of espresso based drink was the idea like here's how you do it they're like this kind of espresso shot you pull for 20 seconds and this kind of espresso shot you pull for 35 seconds yeah they taste totally different they're so different here's how they're different yeah so I mean, they're just, like, really into this, like, deeply, especially Mm -hmm. Sam is, like, deeply into this. And she was saying that she really wanted to have, like, an espresso flight where you could get, like, three different kinds of espresso to sample. And she was like, you know, you try to do that in New York. And everybody's just, like, annoyed. Like, give me my fucking caffeine and get me out the door. It's not just New York. It's everywhere. (laughs) No. So they're trying to, like, bring some of that also. And they're trying to, like, have events and 
educational opportunities where, you know, they can really get people interested in like a long pull espresso or whatever the fuck it's called. You know, I love, I love that they're, you know, that they're trying to do that and they're, you know, I'm sure you can't do it unless you're educating it unless you're out there actually pushing it. So, yeah. you know, I feel like there's got to be some neighborhoods, though, in New York that are into that. I feel like if you go into Chicago, there's plenty of people who are super into coffee, I think. Yeah. You know? And I think it's part of being SCA certified, right? Like you've got to, you know, if you love your craft and want to put it out there. I mean, I think it makes sense to to have like the educational. That's probably what builds the scene somewhere, right? You've got yeah. all this talent. And everybody's out there making cafes and baristas and, you know, then that whole group is competing with Starbucks, you know. And that's how probably the West Coast is. Uh, maybe not competing. You know what I'm saying? But it's like that's how the coffee scene gets better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, plus my, my uh, perception of New Yorkers is like go, go, go. Mm-hmm. Just got to go, go, go. Got to keep going. Yeah. Got to get here. Got to get there. Um, so it sounds like they're more into the barista side of things. Yes. More into like the, cause it seems like coffee people are either into roasting or they're into brewing. There's not a ton of crossover. Some people might be like, oh, I care some about the beans, but my passion is drinks. And then some people are like, my p- passion is roasting. And obviously mm-hmm. a drink is important too. Right. But I think their passion certainly began with the drinks yes yeah. mm. um and at some point everything else had to kind of be added in um i wanted to i meant to write at the beginning read their mission statement because it's extremely short um and of course you know just like any other specialty coffee company they say all the right things about the farms and the um, fair trade and all that kind of stuff um, their very short mission, one sentence, our mission as a coffee business is to improve the quality of life for every person in the coffee supply chain from producers to consumers. Mm-hmm. Love it. That's it. Yeah. Like just make coffee better for everyone. Yeah. Um, they pay well. I couldn't quite get a handle on like how many employees and their exact salaries, but it seems like their average salary is pretty high. For a barista compared to, you know, around here. But I don't know how that factors into just, like, salaries in New York, generally. Yeah, what are they here? Right. Yeah. Do you have an idea? Do you remember what it's... Something like... They're a big range, like, 35 to 80 grand mm. a year. So... And that was not just baristas, but also, like, training and, you know... Yeah. So, um... Yeah, I mean, say. like somebody who's maybe running a barista training program is probably getting paid like the 80K, whereas somebody who's like brand new starting out, maybe that lower end. But number. that's a great, you know, that's a great salary. And and you have to be a good sized company in order to even be able to afford to offer that as a job. Right. Right. Well, right. And I think the minimum wage in New York is like, what, 1750 or something oh, like I'm that? I'm talking, if you probably saw it on like Line, right? Of some glass door or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. So yeah. it's like, they have somebody on staff that they're able to pay $80,000 a year. Right. Who's not like running the fucking thing. Right. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? Like yeah. your job is just to go train other people mm-hmm. and we're going to pay $80,000 a year. So that's, yeah. So they're probably doing okay. Oh yeah. New York City, it's $15 yeah. an hour. And if you think about it too, like as Roaster, like we're just a wholesale operation, right? And I was just thinking about this, like one cafe can do like and maybe this doesn't make it in but but can like one or two cafes can do what we do in an entire year mm. and one or two cafes and employ 
four times as many people. Mm-hmm. There's a way huger you know? markup on coffee drinks right. too. You figure the retail margins figure, are so much higher. Let's say like one cup of drip coffee is going to use about one ounce of coffee to brew that. So you can charge what, like maybe four bucks, let's say in New York for a cup of coffee. That's going to cost you two dollars. No, no, no. Like say your say the cost of your bean just. This three dollars. So three divided by twelve, mm-hmm. whatever that comes out to, it costs you like twenty cents just in coffee alone. Mm-hmm. Huge markup. Yeah, and if there, if our wholesale was thirty percent of our overall business, we would probably have a couple hundred employees too. <laughs> so if we had, if we had a seventy-five percent markup on our wholesale. Yeah. Man, right now we would be Scrooge right. fucking duck <laughs> swimming in it. <laughs> we should significantly raise our prices. Yeah. Oh, we need yeah. to quadruple. But that's also cafe. You know, that's so that's the difference between retail and wholesale. Yeah. Right. So we what we should really do is get some of that retail. Start pulling some espresso shots, man. Yeah, baby. <sighs> no thanks. That's Let's it. go take a class. I don't know how to. <laughs> in Brooklyn, too much work. In Queens. In Queens. Um. So here are some of the classes offered. It's a wide range. Like some of them are like SCA certification classes. Sure. And they're longer, like 36-hour classes, and they're expensive. What are you getting certified in by the SCA, though? So, and some of them are just like uh, for people who are interested in coffee, like short hour and a half classes. So you're, you can get certified in a lot of things. They have an SCA barista skills class. Mm-hmm. That's a three-day class. It's $1,800. Mm-hmm. And it's three different levels of it, too. Mm-hmm. Foundation, intermediate, and pro. So I don't know if that means you have to take it three times. All this coffee project. Oh, I'm sure this you got to take it three times. Yeah. Maybe. So 1800 times one? three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a barista intensive. That's three hours. It's $150. That's not an SCA class. Ton of options. Um, they have latte art workshops. Those are their most popular classes. Um, they have a couple different levels of that. And those prices range from like $350 to $650. Mm. Um, SCA brewing skills, eight hours, $550. SCA roasting skills. That's another three days, eight hours a day, $1,600. I wonder what they're teaching at a roasting skills. What I mean... Like? I learned how to roast in like seven minutes, so yeah. I don't know what they're spending three days on. You know what they're... <laughs> Marcus, you're such a good teacher. <laughs> you know, but they're probably talking they're about to... like conceptually, like what does what, when, where, how, and what, like it's how to profile, a... yeah, right? like how button. to create, right. you know, how to create a profile. <laughs> right. Yeah, know? there's a lot of variables and factors and density yeah, and... What levers to pull. You know, and that's probably fine for somebody who like is not an, an intuitive roaster, which is what I would consider you to be a little bit more like intuitive. I, but see, that's now, right? Like I used to hand chart every single like profile by hand back before I had Artisan, mm-hmm. which is now you know that's what I use to chart it all. So I do I do both, but kind of knowing when and where to stop that's very much intuitive. But the the like the the science of roasting, I, you know, that I don't heat in, heat out. I don't, I, I don't, I don't manipulate that. I mean, I think that there's like rules, there's yeah. rules. God damn it. <laughs> I mean, there's some rules, but I mean, intuitive in the sense that like, you know, a chef has an intuition when he's cooking or she, when they are cooking a meal, they're like, Oh, they taste it. And they're like, this needs a little more saffron. <laughs> like that's like, that's where I mean, like into intuition, like you can roast, taste it. And you're like, Oh, 
a little more acidity. You know what I mean? Doesn't and, everybody do that? And, <laughs> but that's, that's where how you roast. that's where like some of that intuition comes from. Like you got to be able to kind of go in and be like, all right, if I tweak these little levers, it's going to produce this end flavor result. Like I would never drink a coffee and be like. It needs more chocolate. I'd be the worst teacher. I'd be like, yeah, just go in and fucking roast the coffee. Yeah. Just roast. <laughs> you know? Well, that's how you taught me. But I will say, you've got me following a recipe. You're not saying, here's some beans and here's a right. roaster. Figure it out. You're yeah. saying, here's the recipe. And at two minutes, turn this to four. You know? Like, that's <laughs> different than presumably what they're right. learning in this class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely going to be learning, like, the science behind it, the right. things that you've learned on your own. But I can't tell you what tastes good to you, right? So it's like, uh, that's that's where, it's, that's the intuition part of it. It's like you have to roast to your own style. Right. You know, your palate's the ultimate judge. That's my roasting teaching. <laughs> for all you listeners. Out. I'm sure they're teaching about the flavor wheel, too. Oh, there's a flavor wheel? There's I didn't flavor. even that's know there's a flavor wheel. wheel. So that's tasting, But that's like, how do you thing. want... But it's like, okay, I want coffees with these, like, characteristics. You can, like... Look on the list. I'm sure there's a sensory development yes, course. Yes, sensory skills. That's what they do. FCA yeah. sensory yeah. skills. $600, seven-hour class. Yeah. Taste, smell, cupping, yeah. grading. So that's a different skill entirely that you can develop. <laughs> yeah but if you want a coffee you've been like oh i want this coffee it's more all related chocolatey. it's That's all related saying. it is all related yeah yeah so you lovely take all the love classes. love co- coffee this is like you know but this is what's so great about coffee right is that it's like there is a ton of just stuff you can dive into and and personal sort of touches that that everybody likes to make it special for them and they share, and that's what's that's what's great about the community in general. Do you think the SEA style is like the the Scott Rouse style? You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I have no clue. Have what is no that, clue. Scott Rouse? He's got a book called uh, "What Is It Like?" The Coffee Roasters. Guide Every to single coffee, coffee like, roasters bible. Ninety eight like book on roasting coffee. Ninety five percent of coffee roasters have read Scott Rouse's book and follow his methods of how to roast. Interesting. And his principles. Hmm. It's like, very popular. Like you can, almost cannot find a coffee roaster who's like, I didn't read Scott Rouse. <laughs> well, like newer one, right? Like, yeah. Except for this guy. Is that what you just mm-hmm. said? Marcus is like, I He's don't He's never read, read the book. He's yeah. never read it. He doesn't want to taint his intuition Look with that guy's... You. With that guy's style. It's true. Award-winning coffee roaster. Self-taught. <laughs> A hundred percent. Yeah. Well, I, you know, in the other place, I have to give credit where credit's due is Sweet Maria's. They had a forum that I was somewhat active in um, really early, 13 years ago, you know, and people were talking about this kind of stuff back then online, home roasters. Mm-hmm. So the home roasting community is pretty open. And Can we talk about yeah. how awesome Marcus is for a moment? He's, we don't talk enough about how awesome he is. Pretty awesome. I know. Thanks, guys. He's self-taught. He's like a self-taught phenom. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you're obviously like, you have an an innate skill here. It's uh, it's it's also um, really passion too. I just I really love, like, I don't know, coffee, and I love the, I love the, the 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 variety and and every kind of everything about it. You know, it's like roasting and figuring it out and you know tweaking it and tasting experience. My goal. Every, all the time is to give people something that's like new 
right, that they've never had before. Um, yeah, I just try and make it as good as I can. Marcus is a really good cook, too, and his dad is a professional chef. And I think there's, like, some of this, right? Like, those kind of go together a little bit. It's a similar – I mean, it's a very different thing that you're doing, but it's a similar, like, how do I get this taste yeah. just right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And cooking for me, too, is, like, it's it's all intuition. It's all just, like, you know, you're trying it, you're tasting it, and it's, like, what does it need? A little salt, a little vinegar, a little this, you know, whatever to, to get it perfect. And I love cooking and looking – especially cooking for people – in my, you know, immediate circle and family and stuff like that. It's like, it's an expression of love really for me. I just, you know, I tap into that. And so I do the same thing with coffee. It's a, it's a creative expression of, of, you know, trying to delight people. Mm-hmm. Also a tinkerer who likes to like fix things. And I think coffee brings together. <laughs> it's like, kind of like it's the intersection. Yeah. Of uh. f- flavor and Fixing. Yeah. <laughs> Flavor and tinkering. That is Marcus. Right here. Became coffee. Right. That's funny. Aww. Yeah. Look at Marcus. Yeah. Oh, so he's being so it's cute. <laughs> Anyways, this this is not an ad for Marcus. <laughs> we should get back to these women. They sound awesome. You know, they're really cool. They're they like, do. They uh... remind me of people all the all the great the the good in the coffee community. They're, they're serious about their coffee and they're serious about the community. And they're also like funny, you know, I listened to a podcast and watched a video and they're like, um, incredibly pleasant to listen to. Like Mm. they're just like fun and interesting and joking around a little bit and they're really great. Um, they do a tasting intensive and a pour over intensive that are both meant for just like average folks. That's They're awesome. not SCA classes, but don't those sound fun? I want to do a tasting intensive. I know. I love it. I love the idea of having like a really solid coffee like centric community. I love it. Yeah. I love everything about this. I really, we need to go. I was so close. I can't believe I didn't even try to go take a class. I didn't know about the classes until I came home. Their coffees on their website, in addition to coffees, they sell a lot of very fancy things, mm. both for at home and for if you're opening a coffee shop. Um, oh, no doubt. Those espresso machines were like six or seven thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Is that a normal price? Mm-hmm. Whew. That's probably that's for like the home? That's, no, 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 no. Well, Maybe I mean, it, I assume not for the home. Is that a normal price for, for a home. New Yorker's espresso machine in their apartment? Is seven thousand dollars? Maybe can not be. seven thousand. If you want a high end one, yeah, like a rocket. You could probably get Jesus. like a high end home, but the linea home. It's like that was six four, or seven thousand. I thought that was four thousand cost. Oh, yeah. what? Are you yeah. kidding me? Go look online, and they've raised the price since then too. What? Dang! Yeah. I wanted one of those. No, Maybe not like anymore. seven thousand dollars now. <laughs> Holy shit! Um, they've got your t-shirts and your mugs and your tote bags, and um, then they've got their coffees. They have. We didn't talk about this. It says right on the bag: enthusiast series, fifty nine hundred oh. for a linea, six thousand dollars with shipping. Linea tax seven thousand dollars. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get myself wow. this. So one. yeah, you tell me about this, the name of this coffee because I saw. Oh wait, you wait, said, wait! You texted that. Yeah. Okay. You said they have an they have an enthusiast. This level? is part of their enthusiast line. They have four different coffees currently in their enthusiast. It says enthusiast series micro lot. It's basically the same way that you use the term enthusiast. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like small batch, small lot coffee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Should we should we sue them because they, they definitely started after we did? Yeah, we oh. for sure. We've got that we shit on that. lock. 
Well, wow. they can afford to settle a lawsuit. They could fucking kick my ass in court, I'm sure. Oh With I mean, we would win, but they would they you would know, they'd tie up all the money. You know that I am willing to dig myself so deeply in debt. <laughs> I'm fucking principal in court fees. I will do it. That's funny. We never trademarked it, though. So. No, I mean, I'm just saying if if anybody ever tried to get me. Tried to trademark that and then fucking sue us. I'd be like, fuck you. Mm. Yeah. yeah if I they mean, tried. We're calling, we're calling Billy. Don't even think about it, yeah. you guys. No, we got to. We're calling paper. Billy Mills. Yeah. Um, so they have these four enthusiasts. Wait, is that series? his name? Just cut that out. Okay. I don't know what his name is. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Steph. They have four enthusiast series. One of them is a Gesha Ooh. that I didn't buy because it was $50, and I was afraid that um, Hot damn. Modest Coffee would yell at me for spending all that money. No, Papa Modest would have supported <laughs> that for sure. This one was 30 Oh, I already felt like I was spending plenty. $30? Mm-hmm. I still haven't reimbursed you. For, for 10 ounces, by nice. the way. Nice. Mm. Yeah. yeah. We could be um, charging way more. They have several other single origin coffees, three to four different blends. I bought a blend for us to drink there. I mean, I was having it ground at the coffee shop. I didn't want to spend a ton of money on something fancy. It was very good. It was like woke up in New York or something was the name of it. I was like, that sounds right. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Beautiful. And then they have a decaf also, which would be, I feel like, have we tried any other high-end decafs? Maybe that would be a fun thing to do. There's not a ton of them out there. I mean, mm-hmm. I was yeah. kind of surprised they had one on mm. it because this is it. You know, they've got 10 different coffees and that's it. And they're all special. Yeah. And they're all pricey. Yeah. I think I paid 20 for like the blend mm. that I bought. You yeah. know, the like medium roast blend. Some of that's probably so. just being in New York. I too. know. Those that's are true. New York prices. That's true. Yeah. Because I'm for sure that they're not putting in yeah. a twenty. Wait till wait till my coffee. Illinois prices hit those store shelves, man. They're gonna love it. Oh, oh shit! You're yeah. right. Man, so, all yeah. right, yeah. we're coming for you, New York City. Yeah, Midwest prices, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, baby. <laughs> well, I'm excited. Shall we brew some coffee? Yeah, I can't Modest wait to coffee try it. roses, right. the highest quality single origin coffees without the snobbery. They take the guesswork out of buying specialty coffee by carefully curating green coffees and sorting them to one of their tiers based on cupping score, price, flavor notes, and roast level. Go to www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what they're roasting today. Pip pip cheerio! And we're back. Hey. How was the olfactory reveal when it was grinding? Well, we have the bag right here. We should Ooh. sniff it. One, two. Sorry, I stole that right out from under you. They smelled really good it. when I was grinding it. Yeah. Nice. Aww. I'm going to go ahead and call it. It's probably not going to be bad black. Oh, my God. I'm hmm. so excited That's to so have funny. a good coffee. It so smells excited. like cherry without tasting like cherry. <laughs> Well, I can smell from here. I do get a fruity scent. I, got I a just whiff felt of like it. I had to say yeah. something about cherry. Wow. Cherry almond, just like every week. This does. It's uh, it's funny. This is like the natural version of right. like. <laughs> yeah, it smells really good. Mm-hmm. A little raisiny too. We can use the big cups mm. for this one. <laughs> yeah, right. I was just thinking that to myself. This Although really my one of so the good. big cups seems to have Holy disappeared. Shit. Are there three on the table? Mm-mm. I'll drink one little one, but I'll refill it. Okay. Mm. <laughs> I have a clarification that I want to talk about because I'm super embarrassed from our 
um, Snoop Dogg episode. Uh-oh. Because I re-listened to the episode and um, I confused MK Ultra with Cointel Pro. And I'm really embarrassed about it. Oh, you know yeah. what, Steph? You should be. I would consider you to be an expert on anything CIA related. <laughs> I confuse all of those with Operation Paperclip. Uh, so, ooh, which one is that? I don't know about that one. I don't actually know. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? I like to just mind my own business. I'm here for like the the space of time that I inhabit this world is a blink. Not even. It is like. It is like infinitesimally small on the spectrum of the universe. So what am I going to worry about shit for? <laughs> but to you conspiracy Whatever. theory buffs out there, though, sorry for the gaffe. I feel like there are two. I, I know for sure that two listeners caught that. They haven't said anything to me because they're polite about it. <laughs> I'm sorry I let you guys down. I, can think, um, I think I'm guessing one of them. <laughs> I'm sure you could guess them. Um, I was talking about the all the crazy fucking shit going on. This ties to this episode, too. All the crazy fucking shit going on in New York in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And one of them was the congressional hearings for MK Ultra, And I said that that had to do with the Black Panther Party. Oh, yeah. I remember this. But no. Oh. Um, MK Ultra was actually... Um, it's not a beer. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, but we should make a beer and call it MK Ultra. That would be hilarious. Was it a Marvel movie? It was um it was actually CIA and it was the um they were like giving LSD to people without telling them to see what would happen to like experiment with torture and LSD. Oh. So they'd give different doses of LSD and then like fuck with them either like psychological oh. torture or like actual torture oh. and they were doing this to like soldiers this was during vietnam so these were not in these were not people who like chose to serve these were people who were drafted and then mm. they were like hey are you tired of fighting in vietnam why don't you come hang out here in this mm. cia building where it's mm. nice and safe drink it, this air conditioned oh my god and then they were also experimenting on prisoners mm. in the u.s mm. and also prisoners of war overseas at wow. the beginning of this story i was going to ask how i signed up <laughs> but by the end i found i don't think i want to not yeah you had ideal. us there in the first half for yeah sure. i mean like for sure you had a great opening <laughs> LSD, LSD for everyone Free from the LSD. CIA. Yeah. They just want to see what happens. So was to you. there a different? What was the name that you were trying to reference? Um, Cointel Pro is the FBI on that one, mm. and that's where they were trying to bring down the Black Panthers by Got any it. means necessary, basically. Mm. And that's how they ended up with like a bunch of like um, FBI agents pretending to be Black Panthers, and that's how that Fred Hampton guy got killed. Oh, don't you think the FBI could maybe apply some of those tactics to whatever the fuck is happening in the country right now? Or do you think they are? No, when it's armed white people, they're like totally cool with it. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, it's really yeah, yeah. We don't need to go into this. Yeah. But, but um, I mean, we can if you want to spend the rest of the episode talking yeah, about MK Ultra and to, or Cointel Pro. I'm yeah. down. And then, it, well, because MK Ultra sounds like that other one where they gave the soldiers LSD like in pre World War 
to or some sort of hallucinogen and made him like look at goats and shit. And there's a movie <laughs> called The Men Who Stare at Goats. Oh yeah. 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 It was like trying to like psyops some shit too. Interesting. Oh, see, I could one. do that one. Yeah, that one would be way that more one. fun. That one. I right. I'll goats? take come on. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds great. Um, yeah. Let's try this coffee because it smells so good. I'm really excited. I am really excited about it too. I'm gonna dive in. Perfect time too. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I'm ready to pass out too. It is a little warm in here. <laughs> you guys, we have to turn off the air conditioning so you don't hear it while we're yeah, recording. Buzzes. And so we suffer so much for our art. I just started <laughs> wearing like less and less. <laughs> this is why. These mermaid pants don't breathe, you guys. This is comfortable. <laughs> I have a tech shirt on. Take them off. Get naked like Marcus. I know. I'm so comfortable. He's talking about how naked he is. <laughs> I just want to, I just really find this um, Melita mug, that this vintage one that I'm drinking out of, I just find it so delightful. I love it. This like cross-stitch pattern on it. Yeah, that one's oh, the cutest mama. one of all of them. I got to wait for this to cool this tad. Is it terrible? That's the worst <laughs> coffee we've had yet. It's like God. bananas and peanut butter. No, <laughs> honestly, like this one is, this one really does it for me. Yeah? Yeah, this is... This is delightful. I chose it for you. Holy I'm shit. super happy that you like it. That's great. I, for myself, I would mm. not have chosen one of those anaerobic ones because mm. they can be a little funky. This one didn't smell funky at all, though. Yeah, it's like juicy, but it's clean. It's got a ton of fruitiness to it, but like tart, peach, mango. I wonder if they have a ton of stuff going I wonder on. if they... Uh, have won any awards. What are the tasting notes on that? Because they were interesting. It was like kiwi or something? Oh, kiwi, mango, blood oh. orange, spiced cocoa, spiced cacao. I definitely tasted the chocolatey-ness. Um, and then medium acidity, juicy body. And it's so juicy. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, it's like uh, you, you take a sip and it just like coats everywhere. It's great. Great body. Mm. Mm. Yeah, do you know if they've won any awards? I don't know if they've won any awards. It certainly wasn't something predominant on their website. So Yeah, yeah. they probably would have had it up if they did. Um, They do talk about how they have a lot of baristas who like to enter competitions and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You would think, yeah, maybe there's a page for that, or maybe I didn't go Mm -hmm. far back enough on the press page. It could also be to, like, New York is so competitive. Remember, it's like five from every region, so it's like the top... No, not the top five. It's top three from every region. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a lot of, lot. it's hard to get wow, in there. Wow. Well, that's be. just the good food awards. There's also SCA awards. Oh, yeah. There's like Brewers Cup and that kind of stuff. And, and um, but that same thing, like those are regional competitions. So, I mean, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they were trying. Hmm. It's really hard in that region. It's hard in all the regions. This is a very, very but I especially, tasty coffee. I, I think it especially would be more more um, over there. It's just sheer volume. Right? Mm. Well, surprise, surprise. This coffee's great. You love oh. it, too? God damn. It's good. It's hard to get the full flavor because it's so hot, though. I am not burning my tongue and then mm. going to be unable to taste this coffee. So everyone will have to be patient while I wait for mine to cool. Remember when Jenny used to offer us ice? <laughs> I... I thought about. Oh, thank you for reminding me. I have one right here in my water. Oh, sweet. I was thinking to myself, I'm like, oh man, I could totally go for an ice cube, but I don't want to get up. Yeah. 
But now I forgot. Thanks, Marcus. You're thanks. Hey, yeah, really saved the day for me. Just looking up. Oh, that is so funny because my thought was I'm gonna yell at Jenny if she offers ice for this excellent coffee. <laughs> <laughs> it's just to cool That's it down. Funny. One ice cube's not gonna water it down that much. See, this is why Jenny's not going and winning barista competitions. <laughs> Oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I brewed it at a 16 to 1 ratio, and the SEA recommends an 18 to 1 ratio, so there's some, you know, wiggle room there okay, for ice good. cubes. Good. There you go. Yeah. That counts. Booyah. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a wide path of acceptable coffees and as we've like determined on this podcast. SEA, I believe their recommendation is anywhere from 15 to 18 to 1. Their main is 18 to 1, or yeah. maybe 15 to 1 is somebody else. But anyways, all I'm saying is that ours is slightly more concentrated to begin with. Yeah, but it's fine. That's how we drink our coffee. It's so good. It's so fruity. Yeah. There's some sort of bitterness that I don't care for. It might be the cocoa that? you're tasting. I'm tasting a little bit of like chocolatiness in it. Yeah, there's some. It might maybe also it... be the minerals and the ice that you just put into it. No, it was there before. Just I was hoping that... Yeah, I'm cooling it down. I would also like to say, I to make sure that we had the ultimate flavor of this, I used filtered water. Ooh. Oh. Going back to our, th- our, our third wave water test. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, if you smell it in the bag, you can smell that little bit of chocolatiness in it. That's the only thing I can think of. There's a little bit of, maybe as it's cooling off, I'm det- detecting a little bit of astringency on the finish. Maybe that's. <laughs> you like literally just threw that bag directly for my coffee cup. That would have been a huge mess. Oh my goodness! I'm so glad you stopped it. It was, was definitely staying in this episode. That was awesome. That was some good defense. Yeah. Did you play volleyball? <laughs> Holy shit! That was impressive. Oh, that's really funny. Very funny. Did they also have a mo- modest and collector series? Mm. <laughs> I would really start questioning it then. <laughs> what are their other series? I think that's their only. I think they only have one series. Oh, oh. so they have like their normal coffees and then their high end is their enthusiast yeah, series. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. I always that's do cute. wonder if like the, our names are stupid. The, t- the tiers. Evidently you know? not. Then Evidently not. Just the specific names. So the fact that they're calling it an enthusiast. Yeah. yeah. Right. Are the tiers stupid? I don't know. What else do you Look, call it? What do you though? call it, right? It's like essentially good, better, it's market best. driven pricing. Right. Good, better, best. <laughs> sure. Right. Yeah, right. I don't know. I mean, like, I feel like we, we get really creative in the first three products that we created, which is like the modest, the enthusiast, the collector. And then we just phoned it in for the second two. We go the dark and the decaf. Well, they're pretty straightforward. It's like people are like, Do you have a dark roast? Uh, we're like, Yeah, sure. Like, yeah. Should I call that like the rugged? You know, you called it the espresso at the beginning, right? And that makes sense. It makes sense that your darker roast was like almost intended specifically for, yeah. But that's actually, but that's the thing. Espresso can be, espresso is not based on the roast level. It's based on the the flavor characteristics that taste best concentrated. But the, the reason, actually reason why we named it the espresso is our first wholesale partner was like, oh, just put the name espresso on there because people will buy anything with the name espresso <laughs> roast on it and he wanted a dark roast yeah that's funny so we were like okay so called the espresso dark and then we just shortened it to the dark 
<laughs> oh, you know, we were talking about espresso machines, and I wanted to mention that in this video of these two women, will I remember their names without my notes in front of me? Some and... Something to begin with like a C sound. Oh, I want to say Kalia, but it's not. that's not it. Kalina? Kalita? Kalina? No, Kalita's the coffee brewer. Celine? Damn it. Kalina. 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 Um, that video, which I will share on our social media. They're so cute. I love them. Uh. Um, but they had they started with like a hand espresso oh, maker. Cool. Like it's mm, just like mm -hmm. a handle and you yeah. push it down and you it seemed she said she was putting her entire body weight into oh, it yeah. and it looked like she was wow. trying to press water through the like that's fun. We could get one of those. We have one in the basement. We do. Well, our first cafe, we had one of those. And oh then we had pour over. All we did was was manual everything. Holy shit, Jenny. Mm -hmm. And people fucking hated it. <laughs> In Sugar Grove. It Fucking wasn't like Grove. it was. It wasn't like a. I don't think it was like a true espresso pressure. It was probably more similar to like a higher powered AeroPress. It claimed it could get to nine bars, but I do feel like it was kind of difficult yeah. to do that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't feel like it had enough pressure. Anyways, whatever. Maybe you just need to like buff up a little more, right? Maybe you just need to gain a couple hundred more pounds and put all that into it. All right, yeah. two hundred pounds right in my arms. <laughs> So, you know, I'll be like, um, um, Blue murder, murder coffee guy. Oh, <laughs> hi, Fred. I'm, I'm coming for you in that arm competition, arm wrestling. So, one of the things I think about like good coffee, right, is that just you just want to settle in and enjoy it and right hang out, right? Um, and so. Like, normally at this part in the episode, we'd be like, well, who's this coffee for? And then we'd, like, make jokes about it. But I'm, honestly, I think this is a coffee for friends. Aww. Aww. Mm. I think this is a coffee for, yeah, gathering without your computers. <laughs> Would you say community? Yeah. Aww. Mission I'm, accomplished. Coffee yeah. project. Good job. Good job, coffee project. I'm finally able to drink this. It is very juicy. Very juicy. Much better yeah. cooled, by the way. I mm -hmm. think so, too. Yeah. Yeah, there was some sort of bitterness that I did not enjoy when it was hot. That's good. And now that it's cooling even more, more that citrus is mm -hmm. coming through. It's really like, but it's a deep, you know, kind of sweet molasses-y citrus. It's so good. There's a nice sweetness there. Yes. This is, you know, the super juicy coffees are not um, generally the ones I go for. Mm -hmm. I can recognize this as an extremely delicious coffee. It's very good. Mm. Cool. Well, um, you know what I just realized? No. This podcast is the only time I ever get to try somebody else's coffee. <laughs> Same. Yeah, me too. I'm so glad that we're doing this so that we can like explore other coffees and hang out and try coffee. Yeah. We wouldn't be doing this otherwise. No. I would just yeah. be drinking my coffee. This Stupid is great. modest again. Yeah. Always. I hope that uh, you, dear listener, are uh, are drinking some coffee and enjoying it too. Yeah. And yeah, definitely check out this coffee project. You know, definitely do. Check out, even if you're from the Midwest and the prices seem high, <laughs> treat yourself to a bag because this is really good. And the one, the like basic blend that I drank every morning in New York was really good too. Mm. It was tasty. It was just like a medium roast blend and it was delicious. 
It's crazy to me the the living cost differences. Yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> Thirty bucks for ten ounces? Yeah. I mean I feel like well, this is a Panama coffee. It's probably an expensive one to begin with too. So the cheap blend that I bought was twenty dollars for yeah. ten ounces. Yeah, which okay. is oh, pretty pricey the, yeah. compared That's to also what expensive. we charge. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's true. That's not so we we could afford to raise our prices probably <laughs> like we had a we had a mission to like make coffee accessible i don't nice. want to like price ourselves out of accessibility it's more about sharing good coffee with people yeah. than it is about you know like charging gobs of right. money we Especially don't have a cafe we don't, we don't have overhead you know we just share our savings right with the customer mm-hmm. that's, that's true it. that's it we do yeah. it's about getting good coffee to people and supporting the farmers and yeah. along the way and ourselves there you go you know yeah. that's it yeah. Well, you're never going to be able to afford an apartment in Chelsea with that attitude. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, Steph, for yeah, bringing thanks. this back Aww. with you. This is such a delight. I and keep forgetting to put treat. this reimbursement on your paycheck. I'm yeah, sorry. put this reimbursement yeah. on my paycheck. No, maybe is a big consider boy including all that Patreon too. <laughs> oh, I do need to cash that <laughs> out. I know. Yeah. Marcus cannot wait to get his hands on this Oh, money. I'm going to spend it right on art. I'm going to put it right towards my art fund. The mm. whole, like, mm-hmm. couple hundred bucks All you're going to get. All of it. All $200. Yeah, I've already claimed it. <laughs> well, I'm really happy that I got to share a tiny cup of New York with you guys. Yeah, thanks, hmm. Steph. I really missed you. I'm so glad you did. for three weeks. Man, we missed you so much, too. Aww. Not just your work, but just you. Yeah. <laughs> we missed you. Yeah. Thanks, Johnny. Yeah. That's sweet. The whole pendulum of the universe was off. <laughs> That's true. I don't know. It felt pretty good to me. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to this podcast, generously sponsored by Modest Coffee, purveyors of single-origin coffee without the snobbery. Visit www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what they're roasting today. Enjoy.